Hey, listen, welcome to the Hey, Listen Games cast. My name is Jeffrey Morrison, and this is episode 40. We're over the hill, guys. Um, does that mean that we get to roll down at Falx faster? <laughs> Do a barrel roll! <laughs> uh, so, welcome to the Hey, Listen Games cast, where the home of barrel rolling down hills is apparently a thing. <laughs> and, uh, we, we got a really fun show for you guys this week. Um, we're actually going to be hitting you guys with just really a lot of impressions of uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, as well as uh, Splatoon 2. So spent spent some time playing those games this weekend, and, uh, and we're pretty excited to share our thoughts on them. Uh, but before we do that, we have some news. There's actually some really big news that came out today, specifically. We, we've been uh, talking about it on Twitter, um, specifically about a certain game made by a certain... Bellevue-based video game company named Bungie. Uh, but Halo we, Wars 3! <laughs> Woo! Didn't Halo Wars 2 just come out? It did? I mean, it wasn't released yeah. by Bungie. <laughs> no one remembers. I, uh, no, I, I had some fun with Halo Wars 2, but I don't know. Or the first one, not the second one. Uh, but anyways, um, getting into news, uh, we thought that we would mentioned that there is kind of a rumor like it looks like the physical copy of lego city which for those of you who don't know came out as a wii game back in 2013 i believe wii u wii u game did i say wii game yeah ah, wii yeah. u game thank you nathan um back in 2013 and it is not being remastered it's being released with a few extra features for 60 dollars. and the switch version of the game says a 13 gigabyte download is required even though you're buying the game physically um you know, no Switch game has really required a big update or downloads as of now. But obviously, you know, on PS4, Xbox One, that's kind of expected. You just don't really do anything on your PS4 when you, uh, you know, put it in there. You're still pretty much having to download a majority of the game. And that's required to play new games. Um, and this is kind of unconfirmed still. There was an update to the story where Warner Brothers said that the game is still playable, even if you don't have internet. Uh, we don't know like if maybe that means just a segment of the game will be there or not. So still some questions up in the air. But regardless, um, what do you guys think about this whole cartridge issue Nintendo now has? Like, uh, There's third-party developers who aren't really... Um, or they're going to be putting extra uh, data for the game that you have to download and not putting all the game on the cartridge. Mostly because certain cartridges are going to cost more for them to physically manufacture. Yeah, Nintendo has, I believe, different cartridges that developers can basically use to store their media on, and there's different sizes. It's like 2 gigabytes, 4 gigabytes, I think like 8 gigabytes, 16, and it kind of scales up all the way up to 32, I believe. Um, and so you have to... And so it makes it more expensive... For the developers, if they have a big game, they have to spend more money on those more expensive cartridges. And um, obviously, thirty-two gigabyte cartridges cost more than a yeah. 4 and gigabyte so, if cartridge. they're releasing it on all three platforms, they don't want to foot the extra bill. And so, like with some developers, like the Rhyme developers, for example, we see that are just kind of passing that cost onto the consumer. Basically, Rhyme is obviously ten dollars more expensive on the Switch as compared to the Xbox One, PS4 version for physical versions. Yeah, uh, and also digital. Oh really? Digital is also forty dollars. Oh. Basically, I think Nintendo required that. that because oh, they, they didn't want to screw over their relationships with like retailers and stuff like that. Like yeah. retailers would be upset if the physical version was more expensive than the digital version. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah, it's kind of a problem. Yeah, I mean, there was another game I don't remember, but some other indie game I think did the same thing. They're doing a physical release, and it's uh, ten dollars, ten dollars more. Oh no, it was uh, the Tetris game, Tetris Puyo Puyo Tetris. 25 on PS4, Xbox One, PC, but 35 on the Wii U, or Switch. We're past the Wii U. We did that funeral already. Uh, But yeah, so I don't know, it's interesting because these developers, like you said, Nathan, they're passing this cost on to the consumer, thinking, oh, it's not that big of a deal, but like, are we going to see this happen more and more until it's the norm? Like, Pretty much every non-Nintendo game is going to cost a premium if it's third-party on Switch. And if that does happen, is third-party developers, are they going to be able to survive on the Switch? Yeah, I mean, that sucks. It? Like, if I can, I mean, I guess I can take it on the go with me, and that's the advantage. I can have it anywhere I want, but am I willing to pay 10 extra dollars for that? Um, probably not. Yeah. Rhyme, 
I was thinking about getting it at launch. Now I'll definitely wait until a price drop or something like that. Like having to pay 10 extra bucks just to play it on the Switch seems pretty ridiculous to me. And I think most people agree with that. Well, yeah. And also just the fact that um, it it isolates all that market, the whole market for Switch. I mean, if you have a, most people already have more than one console. Yeah. So like, I mean, you guys both have PS4s and a Switch. And so why pay the 10 extra bucks to play it on one system when you already have the other system? And most gamers are the same way. They don't just have one console. Well, there, there um, definitely are people out there who only have Switches. The, uh, sh- there, there are the rare, the rare I know, people. I know definitely at least, I think, three people who only have a Switch. Like and, for next-gen consoles. Yeah, for next-gen consoles. They don't have a PS4 or Xbox One and mm. stuff like that. So they definitely exist and are out there. And for them, they don't have any option. They have to pay the more expensive. Um, yeah, that's and also, true. I think this brings up like third parties already struggle to sell things on Nintendo platforms and stuff like that. How is this going to help them sell more? It's going to hurt their sales. So that's true. Yeah, and you know, it's one thing I think to charge a little extra for a physical version, but this really is true about Lego City requiring a big download to actually like play the game, like the full you know version of the game. Then you know the switch, your switch is going to fill up so fast, like people. I think literally will not buy Lego City because it's going to eat up 13 gigabytes on their Switch, even if they own the cartridge. Sure, right? and you have what 25 gigabytes yeah, available after the operating that's system. That's half of your half of your memory right there. You yeah. have to go buy a micro SD card now, and all these other things. Like that's one of the reasons why I'm sticking the physical for the most part with my retail games on my Switch is because I know if I downloaded Breath of the Wild, it would take what 15 gigs or something. Like uh, I think it's the 13. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't want to yeah. do that. Like, I'm going to save the space. They'll still be in my console most of the time anyway, so I got the cartridge. So, I don't know. It's interesting, and it'll be, you know, we're going to keep track and see, you know, if this LEGO City story actually is true. Do you have to download that? And, you know, what what do other developers do? Are, are they just going to say, yeah, we'll put half of it on the cartridge to save some money, and the rest you have to download? Or, yeah, we'll see what they do. I don't know. Hopefully not. <laughs> but... Um, anyways, our uh, new next story, I'll let you take over, Nathan, because I actually hadn't heard about this one. Okay, so there's a rumor going around, um, I believe Eurogamer um, was mm-hmm. one who said they were confirming it on this, is the new Call of Duty, um, there's some leaked image and stuff like that, will go back to the World War II era, where the games kind of originally started back, um, what was it, the PS2, GameCube era, yeah, originally, those, and yeah, stuff like that, were in the World War II. The first three Call of Duty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then the third one was on Xbox 360 as well, if yeah. I remember correctly. Um, mm-hmm. And the rumor was that it would literally be called Call of Duty World War II, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of a weird name. But <laughs> I <laughs> mean, that's, those were there were some leaked images and stuff like that going around. So this is obviously all unconfirmed. We don't know for sure. But <clears throat> what do you guys think about if it does go back to um, World War II? Also, at an investor meeting earlier this year, I think. Uh, EA publishes Call of Duty, right? Or Activision. Activision, Activision yeah. Activision, um, which is uh, part of EA. No, they're not. Or they're bought... Aren't they bought out by EA? I don't think so. I think they're... It's sorry. Activision. No, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so Activision, oh. kind of the head CEO, was saying that the Call of Duty series would return to its roots. So some people were already theorizing that, that could be World War II. So That's what do you guys think about this? Um, would you be excited? I haven't played Call of Duty in a long time. I don't think either of you have either. Would it make um, you be more interested? The first off, the name I think the name's just a placeholder for now, if it is yeah. leaked like that. But then again it could also literally be the title because we also had Battlefield. One. One. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just like Battlefield. Uh <laughs> but um I like it. Uh, I like the idea of going back to their roots. I like the idea of kind of hanging a hard reads a hard reset on the series because I think like the latest Call of Duty series felt more like a like a crisis or a futurist like yeah. Deus Ex or something like that. Like it felt like a futuristic first person shooter, not Call of Duty. It was. I mean, I didn't play it, but I watched some footage and watched some gameplay of it, and it just. I mean, you have like an exosuit, you're jumping, you're mostly robot. I mean, that's not what Call of Duty was started on. And so yeah. it seems yeah. it seems like it would be good for the series to go back to World War II. Call of Duty try something different and not cookie cutter would, like they used to. Yeah, I would love yeah. a hard reset of Call of Duty and the whole series. 
I don't think, I think if it's going back to World War II, I don't think it will be because so many people, like all the hardcore people who are really into COD and stuff like that, buy it every year. I think if they really redid it and redid the controls and made it slower and, and all the stuff that making a good World War II game would be about, I think it would change the gameplay in COD too much and all those people would be really upset. So I would be surprised if it was an actual hard reset, but I would love that. So Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think one of the things that should be, I think is kind of important is, you know, the last World War II game that we had that was a first-person shooter was uh, over 10 years ago. I mean... Was the last triple A for sure? Yeah, the last triple A was like, I mean, Medal of Honor, Call of Duty, all came out like before 2005. Yeah, no, it's... It's definitely been a while, and the reason why... you know, developers moved away from it because it was so overdone at the time. Yeah, there was all there was, games. I mean, everyone was World War Two games yeah. come out every year. Like, it, it got really kind of overdone. And so, um, for me, it's kind of funny because I am actually more into like a sci-fi, unrealistic shooter. Like, I love Halo, Destiny. You know, mm-hmm. um, those more type of games. So, I actually thought the new Call of Duty looked more interesting. I I didn't buy it or play it, but I heard nothing but pretty much negative things, and everyone just wanted to get it so they could play Modern Warfare Remastered. Or, or whatever it was <laughs> and stuff. So I think it's a smart business move, though, because going back to that old roots, like it'll play on nostalgia for people, for those older, you know, World War II games. And, you know, look at the success of remastering Modern Warfare and stuff. Like, that yep. was their biggest well, thing of the year. But no one liked the new one. So, it, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. And I think also kind of a final point there is Battlefield series did it. They went back to World War One, which well. wasn't done before, but it was basically go back clear clear back to roots of yeah. an older shooter rather than like Battlefield Three and Bad Company where you know you're blowing up buildings and modern setting and stuff, which was fun. But going back to World War One was kind of this let's take the fans back to nostalgia and and to history. And then Call of Duty kind of sees this the success of that and goes, oh hey, maybe we want to try that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you don't this game was already in development like before Battlefield One came out. There's no way they could change it that fast if it's coming out this year. Yeah, they have like what three teams? Yeah, because they have Call of Duty. three different That's teams true. making Call of Duty and stuff like that. But if it is going back to World War Two, I think it's a good indication from the sales of Battlefield One, and there are a lot of people who are ready to go back. I definitely would be more interested. I love history, so I'd. And I haven't played, like you said, I haven't played a World War II game in a really long time, like we just talked about. So I'd love to go back and see what it feels like with modern technology. There's no way I'm getting caught at launch. (laughs) Um, That's like when Mario is going to come out and whatever else. And Destiny will come out like a few months before that, probably. So there's no way I will get it. Dead Redemption 2 is probably. Definitely be interested. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't think I'd get it at launch, but I definitely am interested in the idea, and hopefully they. We're interested. Yeah, which is you know, hopefully they do it well. Crowd. Uh, <laughs> so our our next news piece is um, the left Joy-Con issue for the Nintendo Switch that has been bothering some people. Um, apparently, has been fixed, um, but kind of on future consoles. Apparently, Nintendo identified the issue as being a slight manufacturing variation on certain consoles, which explains why it wouldn't be affecting everyone. Um, and it was only for launch consoles, and they've since kind of corrected whatever the issue was. Did you and guys? So it's not see happening the, anymore. Uh, the pictures. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the little the foam Z-net, piece, right? Yeah, the foam piece. Yeah. So ba- mm. basically, what happened is there was wireless interference, and so if you send in your Joy Cons to get repaired, uh, Nintendo apparently does a great job. Like it's only like a two or three day turnaround. They do really fast shipping and stuff. They're pretty much just putting this little piece of foam that's like conductive foam. Yeah, conductive foam that's like blocking all of these wireless signals interference. So it's this little, really easy, simple little piece that they used to fix it. And uh, this issue will not be affected, or supposedly it won't be in any switches going forward. So crisis averted, no need to panic. You can send your your, uh, Joy-Con if it's having any issues. Nintendo will fix it for free. But, uh, you know, I think as far as launch day fiascos go, it's something that's hopefully (laughs) not too bad or really infected too many people i wasn't really infected myself i know you said you kind of were i've had it um happen a couple times where the switch kind of became unresponsive when i was playing and i've definitely noticed it's pretty much always whenever like i'm kind of sitting and like i put my legs up or something like that and my leg basically like a body part is kind of in the way of signal 
that's the only time this happens if something's blocking it. And they did say that was something that would happen is body parts can sometimes block it. Yeah, so um, it definitely sucks. I'm trying to decide if I want to sell, send my Joy-Con in or not. Um, like you said, it's only a couple days, which is really nice. So probably do it, but I have to go through the process of getting on the phone and calling Nintendo. And, you know, it <laughs> sounds like a lot of work. They usually have really great customer service. Yeah. I, Plus, they play like but, I mean, on the holding line. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> that's true. But, I mean, let's be honest. No one likes to talk to customer service. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, customer service doesn't even like to talk to customer service. <laughs> Gosh. If I was worked in customer service, there's no way I'd ever want to call anyone. Let's <laughs> 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 do this for work all day. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, let us know if, if you, uh, you know, you have a Switch and you've, you've had these issues and have you, have you gotten it fixed? What was, what was the turnaround rate? Um, it seems like Nintendo's doing a good job of containing the problem and figuring out what's going on. So um, that's good. Um, so our next uh, piece of news is Mafia 3, which uh, came out last year and uh, got uh, received uh, pretty fairly well. Um, there's a demo version available now. Um, so Rob, you said you can try it first on PS4. Is that, is that true? Well, no, you can have it. You can get it on PS4, Xbox One, and oh, a PC so from it's on Steam. All it's on all platforms, but you get to try the first act, which is like oh. the first few hours of the game, essentially, like the whole first mission story-wise and stuff. So it's, like it, it's not like a it's actually thing. It's just like in a part of the story, basically. Yeah, basically, you get like the the first act, and I don't know how many acts are in Mafia Three. I don't know if it's like so. It's a pretty good chunk four, of the game. Five. But it's a, it's a fairly significant chunk of the first half of the game, hmm. and if you after the uh, completing the demo, you decide you want to buy the game, all your progress will be transferred over. That's nice. good. That's good. I, yeah, which well, is really cool. I, mean, <laughs> I think that's a a good incentive to yeah. try it out. Yeah. So I'm actually even as we're speaking right now, I'm downloading it on PS4 to just be like, well, I'm going to try it. Just see if Mafia 3 yeah, is even yeah. interesting. And we'll see if I get to it anytime in the next few days because of Mass Effect. Yeah. I'm interested <laughs> to see if uh, more games, maybe even like, I don't know about Mass Effect, but kind of with the bad stuff. Um, this is what the second game I know for sure. Watch Dogs 2 put out a, like a two hour demo. You play the first yep. two hours of the game. I think it was a couple months ago and stuff like that. So more and more games are kind of putting out demos kind of to help reinvigorate their sales and stuff like that so yeah it's good yeah well there are several other companies that have done like the the free weekend thing or like you yeah. get to try it for a couple yeah. of days like for honor did one not too long ago uh you got to play for a whole weekend and um and several other ones like uh i know overwatch has done it, overwatch has done it. A couple uh, street fighter is doing one uh this weekend yeah street yeah. fighter's done it one uh injustice I think did one. So, I mean, it's common at least to a certain extent, but this is one of the only few ones where I've heard that your progress transfers over. A lot of them are just, you get to try for a few hours and then you got to buy the game. But this is one that was like, Oh wow. You actually get to transfer your progress over, which is pretty cool. That's actually, yeah, that's nice because it's a single player focused game. So yeah, yeah. they're hoping, you know, you get your hooks in and it kind of hooks in. You want to keep on playing when it cuts you off. Like I know that's, a model like Telltale Games have kind of used. Like they typically put out the first episode of a lot of their series for free, and you know it's free download. You go try it out, and then they hope that you buy it after that. Like that's, that's the reason why. Yeah, that's I actually. Bought, yeah, that's the reason I bought Tales of the Borderlands, and I never would have played that game or bought it on my own. But I'm really glad I played that first chapter because I'm like, wow, this is actually really good. Like I'm that was totally uh, a wolf so. among us for me. Yeah. So, yeah. like, so it does work. It, I played the first episode, and I was like, dude, this is super fun and really interesting. And <laughs> I've never read any of these comic books. I really want to keep playing yeah. this. So <laughs> it's, it's nice to see games doing this, because demos kind of went away for a while and weren't really. Yeah. Fun. So it's nice to yeah. see. Well, I remember back on the 360, Microsoft, like, I think required every game that went out on their online, like, store to have a demo version. Like, it was... Oh, really? Yeah, like, they were wow. yeah. that's cool. Which was cool, because you could try out all these different games, and, like, at, at the time, where I wasn't able to afford a lot of games, I was able to, you know, play lots of demos and, yep. you know, have some yeah. fun and stuff, so... Um, well, I think it's cool. It's kind of coming back a little bit, because... Now you know, and, like, Steam is... Steam has done a done it for a while, where a lot of games have a downloadable uh, demo you can play, Um of the game, like an hour or two or like a certain amount of progress in the game nice. or whatever. But, um, you know, it kind of brings us back to the, the old days where, you know, games are shipped with demos. Like you'd get the physical copy and you, like, I know all of us have probably bought 
a completely different game because of the demo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, uh, what was it? Halo 3's demo was, was on Crackdown, yep. right? Crackdown, I think. Like, so the the fact that we can get these demos now is really cool. I, I really like it. I like it when developers put their demos out there so people can try their games first and see what whether or not they like it. Because, you know, it's a huge investment to pay a bunch of money for a game and then discover that you don't like it. Shows they have confidence behind their product, too. Which is yeah. That's yeah. True. All right. Well, moving ahead, this is our biggest news piece of the week. Destiny sequel has officially been named and announced. It is titled, wait for it. Destiny 2. <laughs> so there's no <laughs> subtitle, right? Uh, or do you think they'll? Not. Do you think they they wouldn't announce one later, would they? I mean, my guess is they're saving the subtitles for expansions, like they did oh, the original yeah, Destiny. I guess that makes sense. So it'll be like Destiny 2, the Dark Tale of Da 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 or something. I don't know. Um, so they'll well, unless they have a for expansions. like a unless they have like an extra addition to the title when the trailer comes out on Thursday. <laughs> They could, yeah. I think it wouldn't make sense, though, to do it. I think you're right, Jeff. I mean, that makes sense. You even look yeah. at the logo like that they put in the teaser. It's a freaking like, massive two. Like The whole screen is just covered with a giant the two. two is huge. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, Activision probably was like, you must make the two fill the entire yes. screen so everyone knows it's not the original Destiny. It's exactly. a new game. Like they, they totally want people to know it's a new game. If you didn't play the first one, it's fine. Because, you know what, Destiny's probably had at least two or three different physical releases in stores. So, like people have seen yeah. the destiny game over and over and it, you know, lo- love it or not. Like it's gotten a certain stipulation among certain gamers for being an Activision first person shooter. So I think having the giant two is a clear message to, you know, all gamers that this is a complete new game from the ground up um, made by the destiny team. So um, I'm not a big fan of it, but at the same time, I understand the marketing reasoning behind yeah, it. So. For sure. Um, so, I wonder if the whole box art will just be a two. Like, there's nothing else except the two. All it is is just a massive two. Yeah, that would be hilarious. <laughs> two to the game. And actually, instead of the giant tower in Destiny 1, you're actually, your tower is going to be a giant two. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> that would be just, bad. just embrace the two. And, uh, at least, well, Everything. Yeah, this kind of got leaked earlier this week. I'm not sure if Bungie was planning on announcing it on Thursday or not. Probably, but... Uh, uh, basically, there was a bunch of posters um, from a bunch of like game stores and other things, and someone even like pre-ordered something at GameStop, and at the bottom of the receipt, it's like pre-order Red Dead Redemption and Destiny Two today. So, like, oh, really? I didn't hear about that. Yeah, so oh, like yeah, it kind of so got leaked. Act, yeah. the name it got, got leaked, leaked, and there was a little bit of art on posters that got leaked as well. And mm-hmm. even one of the Bungie devs, like a, a day or two ago, like posted out like a gif of like people face palming and like sign like, oh, like I can't believe it got leaked. We did all this hard work. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, it kind of sucks that that happened, but um, they, I think, did an amazing teaser trailer today. The lead poster said September 8th, so that'll be confirmed on Thursday when the full reveal in a trailer comes out. But, um, yeah, we, we, we uh, retweeted the teaser trailer, and I don't know about you guys, but I thought this was, like, one of the greatest video game teasers of all time that I've seen. Like, I loved every second of it. Yeah, it was a great They. uh the main basically just Cade Six was talking the whole time, which Who's everyone's favorite character. Yeah, Nathan he, Fillion. He came Robo Nathan. Was Fillion. he even in the original Vanilla Destiny? Yeah, he was. Just I don't remember him at all. He basically he, the was. he was Vanilla story and cutscenes were boring and terrible. So it wasn't really until Taking King came Taking, out where yeah, he kind of Taking got King when he got like kind of famous more of a and, spotlight. Yeah, yeah. yeah he Get was your rock cool. off my map. <laughs> Battle scene, but. uh yeah, it was all about Cade. He's having having a little drink in a bar. And he's talking to Sweeper Bot, who's a fan favorite <laughs> in, the, in the tower. He just walks around sweeping, and um, he runs out and has has a fight. And it looks like not only the last city is being destroyed, like in the logo, but the tower apparently is actually destroyed too. I, I watched the trailer again. It looked like the Vanguard room was being blown up and stuff. So to be replaced by a giant too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think. Already lore-wise, like this is amazing because you know Destiny had so many problems with the original story. All those things were supposedly cut from it, and it was just a kind of a wrangled mess. They had some good narratives towards the end with expansions, but it still wasn't really a good story um, in the game overall. Um, And then now we have this awesome story in this little teaser where already we see there's this giant attack on the city. 
and the tower and like we have Kate who's walking you through it in a really interesting way and so um, even just in this teaser I'm really interested about what happens in the story what happened at the city and how they're going to kind of weave it all into the Destiny universe because I really like the direction they're going so far so I I'm excited to see see more yeah I think it'll be great I'm really interested to see how they kind of introduce and bring in new players and stuff like that um i'm sure they're kind of leaving all the vanilla and everything else kind of behind and they're not really going to focus on that at all i'm mm -hmm. sure but i'm interested to see like how they introduce the city and how it's destroyed and stuff like that well, like um, will you just have like a kind of like a tower type place on the middle of the wilderness where you've set like a mini base camp or something like i don't know we'll see i don't know I think it's great because like, you always see the city in the original Destiny, but you can never go down in the city and talk to people. Like the tower, well, it was kind of cool. Like after a while, there wasn't really a lot there. Like people were asking for this, like have some cool enemy, like or fight scene, like in the city or the tower, because you didn't really get to do much other than wander around and jump on the Cryptarch's head. Yeah, so. I'm I'm interested to see whether it'll be kind of like a big open world, kind of like people originally thought the first one was going to be. There was mm -hmm. some rumors of that going around, I believe, and stuff, too, where there'd be yeah. kind of towns versus just kind of missions that you jump into, et cetera, and stuff like that. So, And I wonder if the rumors about it coming to PC is true or not, because that would be a pretty big deal if a giant FPS console exclusive is now on PC, because the community would grow very largely, and Bungie would have to balance two different games like Blizzard's doing with Overwatch. Yeah. Yeah. But Bungie obviously is a but, much smaller team than, than the Blizzard team, so it'll be interesting to see how the community reacts if it does get announced through PC. Yeah, yeah, I just thought about, I didn't think about the balancing of PC and how it would have to be balanced different. That would kind of be sucky. I don't know. Yeah, we'll I don't know. <laughs> I kinda, I kinda, now I want it to just stay on console. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's known for being a console game, and I'm pretty sure the partnership with Sony is still active. I saw someone posted something that was like in a trailer or something about this exclusivity with Sony still getting some, you know, maps or weapons and stuff and content. So yep. that, that'll be another controversy again and stuff. And that's a topic for another time. But um, <laughs> my main question to you guys, um, I know all three of us have played Destiny. Um, uh, what do you guys really want from this sequel? Um, we're going to talk a lot of impressions about everything that's revealed next week. But what are you guys hoping to see um, on on Thursday when they announce everything? Story. I mean, I know Destiny, I didn't play as much Destiny as you guys did, so I didn't get nearly as far into the stories. Because um, you guys have both completed the the main story throughout all the, pretty much all of yeah, it, right? Yeah, throughout all of the, yeah, we've been all basically, the raids, raids like expansions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but just... I don't know, something like I never got into the story. I never really felt like it was something that was worth continuing in or yep. to oh, keep sure. playing. And so I think if Destiny 2, I mean, already with the trailer, they have, or this little teaser, they have more story than most of the first game ever had. Yes. Um, <laughs> and hopefully they can carry that through into it. I know they had a lot of, uh, they had a lot they wanted to put into the first game that ended up on the cutting room floor because just time constraints and just having to change a lot of things to get the game out and logistics and everything. So here's hoping that destiny two has a better story. That's more engaging. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that would be great. Um, for me, I think, what do I want? I don't, <laughs> what I do think I want? exactly. <laughs> um, I just want it to be, um, like obviously story is really important I'd love to have a good story I think I want the raid maybe matchmaking or something like that to be better to be addressed in some way or another so you want matchmaking for raids in general? <sighs> possibly I don't think I would want to use it though like the best way to play raids is with your friends and yeah, stuff like that totally and it's mm -hmm. way more fun that way but raids are just such a pain in the butt to try to and together. schedule and put together because yeah. they usually take like Anywhere between like two to four or five hours. Especially the never, first couple yeah, times. the first couple times especially it takes a long time, which is awesome, but it's hard to be able to get six people together to be able to do something like that. So I, I'd love life. to see something um, kind of like mini raids, um, kind of like strikes, but a little more complicated where that could be played with maybe two yeah, or three people idea. or something like that. Mm -hmm. That don't take quite as long, you don't need as many people, and you can 
but there's still puzzles and it's fun to figure out and stuff like that. That would be awesome. Yeah, just like tons of like Breath of the Wild type things where you just wander around and just find cool raid type challenges in like the patrol areas I think would be awesome. Patrol areas right now are just pretty much run and gun. Might be a few things where you can find and like activate a key or something, but for the most part you're just kind of running around shooting things. So I yeah. think it'd be cool to have more objective type stuff that you can do if you choose to. Um, for me, um, story's also a big thing I hope they do more of. I hope we see more cutscenes and a narrative that makes sense, which I, I'm sure we will. But uh, the main thing is I would like to see six player fire teams in every activity of Destiny because Destiny 1, you could only play with three of your friends in patrol areas, on story missions, and strikes. Um, raids and Crucible were like really the only two activities you could do um, with more than three friends and so I would love to be able to not have like really a restraint on how many friends I can play with and the things we can do um, and I just hope there's really big open areas too I, I, I would love to see the worlds really be a lot bigger um, you know you can see and just kind of more explore rather than be kind of driven into these small tunnels that connect some, some bigger areas which I think Bungie is going for now that they don't have to put it on last gen consoles anymore yeah that'll like, be a really big thing yeah because they had those technical restraints with the original destiny so i'm excited to see kind of the bigger more open world and how much more they can do now that they can use the ps4 and xbox one power to its full extent so, so do you think you'll be able to fly your ship in destiny 2 or will it still just oh, be that's a loading funny. screen i want to be able to fly my ship like if it's just one story mission like halo reach that would be great have maybe a space battle, like multiplayer mode. I don't know anything. Maybe just let me fly and play bumper cars with the other <laughs> ships while I'm loading. Just, I hate collecting all these amazing ships and not being able to use them. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think that'd be. I think it would be really cool. Um, and this would be more arcadey. You know how like some games have uh, during the loading screen they had different like you know Skyrim. You could zoom in and look at the statues and stuff with the quotes and all. Mm-hmm. But like while the ships were flying, you could do something like the original uh, Space Invaders. Uh, with like your shit. Like shooting down little like bad guys or something like little that. Little aliens or something in like a <laughs> yeah, little no, awesome. cheesy arcade version of Destiny. That'd uh, be cool. I, what I was picturing is like a Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for Genesis like special stage where you're on like a <laughs> tube and you and your friends are like sliding your ships around collecting <laughs> coins or something like that. Like, oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be hilarious. The fact that we have more ideas for the loading, <laughs> the loading screen, screen than anything else is kind of impressive. Well, you better step up that loading screen game. You better step it up. Um, Come on. So, uh, I think we, we can move on. We'll be talking more about Destiny 2 next week. I'll be on the lookout for that trailer. It drops at 10 o'clock uh, a.m. Pacific time on Thursday. Uh, but we really wanted to spend the rest of the episode just talking about impressions. Um, Rob, I know Mass Effect came in, what was it, uh, about a week Tuesday. ago? You get Wednesday or That's Tuesday? Tuesday. So exactly a week ago, you got Mass Effect in, and uh, I know you spent a lot of time this weekend playing it. So why don't you just, you know, go ahead, tell us tell us what you thought. All right, so I guess probably the first thing to address would be the elephant in the room, facial animations. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and not just facial animations. I know there's also been some other problems with some some pretty, not necessarily bad glitches. This is an Assassin's Creed Unity, as far as glitches are concerned. <laughs> Man, but there you are love definitely those glitch games, don't you? <laughs> I love my glitch games. Right. Glitch is the best way to play. Um, <laughs> like and be on sweets from Wreck It Ralph. Right. Yeah. There. There's nothing of that caliber of Unity or you know some of the the glitchier games you might be able to think of, but um, so as far as facial, an- what? It's not game breaking, but there's some. It's not game breaking. There's some moments like um, sometimes when you're driving the Nomad. Um, I've only done the first planet or the first, I guess, two planets, I suppose. But um, the and driving around in the Nomad, you're there's a couple of moments where the game will kind of temporarily freeze for like maybe half a second to two seconds. Okay. Because the it's loading the next section, and I can pretty much I can guarantee I know where those spots are because I've mm-hmm. hit them several times now and been like, oh, interesting, it's loaded every single time when I've hit yeah. this spot, <laughs> which kind of defeats a little bit of the seamless the seeming seamlessness of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as facial animations, I haven't. There's been a couple of moments where I've noticed some certain characters. Um, 
seem like they have a perpetual, like just their faces are just always perpetually shocked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like their eyes are like the size of saucers, you know, and you're kind of like, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that one. But I mean, as far as character animations, my character actually looks fairly normal. I tried to make sure that my uh, writer was as basic as possible. I didn't try to mess with too many of the sliders just because I knew that some of the problems were mostly caused by the character sliders. And trying to make your character as personal or as great as possible can break some of the... How long did you spend the... creating your avatar before you started? Be honest. 20 minutes. Oh, wow, that's, that's not that bad. Not too bad. I thought you were going to go at least 45. <laughs> but but here's the thing. I actually spent more time trying to decide if I wanted to be male or female writer than I did <laughs> creating my character. No, you you took my advice and did Female Shepherd, correct? I did do Female Shepherd, yes. So nice. I'm Sarah Ryder. Um, I didn't change the name because I figured most of the animations or the voice acting is programmed to Sarah. So I was like, oh, whatever. I don't care that no, much. It's just a name. So I am female writer, which, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know, I did the first Mass Effect trilogy as male Shepard. And so switching up for this series, which as far as gameplay goes, I mean, other than some foreseeable romance options, it doesn't really change anything as far as I can tell. Um, I watched some other people play male Shepard and really it wasn't or male writer, Shepard writer. I keep wanting to say Shepard. We're done with (laughs) Shepard. He's gone. Shepard is gone. He has made his choice between his three favorite colors. Can you uh, <laughs> change your name like in the original? Yeah. Like, from Ryder? You can. Did you yeah. name your well, character Shepard? No, you can't change your name. You, you can, can change your first name. You can't name your, change your last name. Okay. Yeah, no, because uh, it's Is that how it was set. in the original? I yeah, forget. Okay. you can choose your yeah. first name, but you're still Shepard. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Still Shepard. That way you can change your name to whatever you want, but everyone would just call you Shepard. Yeah. Makes sense. So the voice, voice acting and that sort of thing, you know, yeah, great. W- one of my questions is, does it still kind of follow the same kind of gameplay loop as Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, where you're kind of doing the same thing where you walk around like a, a tower-type area, talk to people, pick up side quests, talk to people on your ship, go to a new planet, follow a linear mission, get to the end of that planet, go back, get more side quests, kind of follow that loop, or... <clears throat> To a certain extent, it does, but I think to another extent, it kind of took a lot of notes from, you know, if you know uh, Bioware, they also did Dragon Age Inquisition, and Dragon Age Inquisition was overwhelming in the amount of side quests and everything that they had stuck Mm -hmm. into the world, Um, and they had crafting and all this different stuff, so you could pretty much go wherever you want, and there was a linear story, but you didn't necessarily have to choose to follow it. There were so many side quests that you could be distracted for millennium so you have a ton of side quests is what you're saying but what they did in mass effect andromeda is they toned that down quite a bit so there's not nearly as an overwhelming side quest my map isn't covered with little markers everywhere which is nice because that was actually one of the reasons why i never finished dragon age inquisition is because the first real place that you start exploring there was probably 50 or 60 side quest markers plus the linear stories and so i never got through it because it just felt overwhelming to me and this one doesn't have nearly that same amount. Resource gathering is a lot easier. Um, so overall, you don't have to the send cl- probes in the planets anymore. <laughs> you do, but it's very different. You're not like searching the planet with the little scanner thing yeah. for 20 minutes per planet. Um, you actually the scanning system is pretty cool. You just go to a planet and it'll tell you like the lady who's one of the characters will say, mm-hmm. "There's something here." And then you'll look around, there's a little arrow on your sensor and radar thing, it'll mm-hmm. search out on the planet, and then when it tells you where it is, you'll send one probe to that planet, and that's it. Oh, cool. And then you're done. That's nice. Um, on that's the planet, you can do mining from the Nomad. You drive around, drop a mining probe if you see something, and then continue on whatever you were doing. So okay. That's nice. So, so I've done some mining, the... but... Not a lot. I mean, it's pretty easy to do it as you're driving to another destination. How does the Nomad drive? Is it better than the Mako? So Mako much smoother. <laughs> oh my gosh, the Mako that would be hard to, to be. Was like driving a block 
of concrete. <laughs> Except for when it randomly flipped over on its head. <laughs> it's like driving a flat block of concrete on a set of roller skate wheels yeah. that have been through a shredder. <laughs> no, that, that's good. Um, I want to know like what your best moment so far, like what's kind of been your best thing and you don't need to go into spoilers, but just kind of what's been yeah. kind of the coolest, best thing about it. Then also on the other flip side, what's kind of been like your point where like, Oh wow. Like, this wasn't so great like what's been your high and your low let's see here it's kind of hard i'm not super far into the main story itself i have gotten a little distracted by some side missions of course. but i have i have put 15 hours into it now okay. so that's good okay um i love how seemingly or how how the characters are they feel a lot more natural like, despite the kind of awkward facial animations and stuff, uh, a lot of the side quests, a lot of the characters, a lot of your interactions with characters are a lot more natural feeling. Like, you don't feel like, you know, you're, you know, in Mass Effect, you had the time decisions. Mm-hmm. And they were sometimes really stressful, especially yeah. if you're trying to decide if I really want to make that decision and kill all of this race yeah. or, you know, something of that gravity. But this one, they're not timed. Okay. And you don't have the Paragon, you don't have the Paragon rene- Renegade type decisions, and so you actually have a little bit more time to to think about what you're going to respond and respond in a way that shapes your Shepherd, you know, and I, or Rider. I like the conversations things in this game because they have um, the for, they have like several different emotions that you can use. Hmm. So like you could do a casual response, you could do a uh, like a. a professional you could do a logical or there's one uh, emotional response via emocon is what you're saying basically (laughs) wiki face but the best part is or you could flirt with them you can flirt with a lot of people it's pretty fun (laughs) space flirting but the thing about the responses is as far as i can tell it doesn't change how the gameplay works out you just are responding differently like sometimes so it doesn't really affect any of the things so far. Yeah, I mean, sometimes people respond to you differently, so I, I definitely have done some emotional responses and had people kind of go, "Oh, you're weird." <laughs> well, and I've done some, I've done some like professional uh, responses. I mostly stick to emotional and casual. Um, sometimes I'll do professional, especially if I don't like a character, I'll do a professional or a really logical, stiff oh, response to them because I don't like them. But yeah, that gives you different categories. I think. After the Mass Effect 3 ending and the trilogy debacle, the whole point of the series being the choice and you shape the game and everything, I think it's smart for them to, rather than push and kind of advertise, oh, every choice you make matters, just kind of just focusing a little bit more on just the gameplay and the exploration and that's the, the main definitely. story in general. Definitely. Well, and trying to make it a lot more natural overall because... Yeah. I, you know, sometimes with the shaping the whole universe, every conversation has gravity on everything. You just felt like, oh, if I say the wrong thing, it will ruin everything. And well, mm-hmm. well, it didn't ruin the ending of Mass Effect Three because well, that didn't affect anything. It did change a lot of things. So you like might say something casually, and then like three games later, it's like this comes back to haunt you, and you're like, yeah. wait, what? But so, this game so far, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like you're more natural in conversations. So you like the writing then? I like the writing so far, story-wise, character-wise. I actually like the characters. I think the character writing is done really well. Um, not just in the character interactions. Like I've found myself laughing out loud at several different points in the game, talking to different characters. They're being like, oh my gosh, I love this character. Um, there's a couple that I really like. I really like Drax, the new Krogan. Ooh, you're going to do Krogan is, Companion? Yes. He is so cool. Oh my gosh, he's so awesome. Um, I really like... One of the main characters on the bridge that you that helps kind of flying the ship and everything mm-hmm. has this like hardcore. Well, there's he's there's a Solarian who's driving the ship, and then okay. his assistant who kind of helps alongside and does some other stuff as well, research and all that. Uh, 
she is human, but she has this like hardcore Scottish accent, and it's like Ooh, the best. I wonder thing you like that's her. why you like her. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. But I have to be really careful because I saw somewhere that she's also a love interest, and so but only for female writers. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm really careful with what I say to her because I'm like, oh, I don't want to start up this whole. Uh, cool. Well, I'm glad to hear you. You seem like you're enjoying it a lot so far, and yeah. it's good. Good to hear some positivity, and I'm sure you will keep us updated as you ver- venture further into the Andromeda Galaxy. So yeah, uh, kind of one one last little thing to say. Um, combat. Um, good. So. The difference between this game and the Mass Effect series is the Mass Effect series, you were kind of locked to whatever decision you made at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Um, you got to change it at the start of Mass Effect 2, and I think you got to change it at the start of Mass Effect 3. I can't remember. But, um, you know, if you were a soldier class, you could only be soldier class. And I actually picked soldier class through all three games because I like shooting things, and that mm-hmm. was fun. But in this game, I have a mix of you can mix them. And so I have combat soldier type stuff. I also have biotics and I just actually last time I was playing, I added tech. So now I have a flamethrower. So when I get up and close and people, I can burn them to death. And so I'm actually finding them. I was like, Oh, I don't know. I'm not going to use biotics. I never use biotics or tech during any of the other games. And now I am. And it's so much fun to just go flying, you know, do like a charge, like fly clear across the battlefield and slam into an enemy and then blow them up with fire. And then, shoot them and then punch them it's like i have so many options it's incredible so it mixes up the combat a lot it mixes up the combat and it makes it fun to do all the different like you get to create however you want to do and as long as you don't like try and upload or upgrade every single skill Mm -hmm. you get a pretty good balance and there's some fun tech and fun biotics and i kind of like made my perfect mix so far yeah i was i was always kind of a fan of the the mass Effect three combat and it was always kind of satisfying you know, using certain weapons that, you know, you had upgraded and then throwing biotic yeah. and tech powers. Like, I always thought it felt pretty good, you know, for it being a pretty RPG story-based game. So, um, yeah. yeah. And I'm the combat excited. is a lot more fast-paced in this game. So it's a lot It's a lot of fun. Oh, that, that sounds right up my alley. So that sounds fun. Um, so our last thing we're going to talk about here on the show is Splatoon 2. There was a global test fire this weekend. Nathan and I were able to jump into that. Uh, inkling head first, and uh, <laughs> I only got to play one session, but I played pretty much the whole hour. Uh, did you play more than once? I played kind of one and a half sessions. I played okay. one for like an hour, and then I played another 30 minutes or something during another one. Okay, great. So, um, so overall, it guys, um, Splatoon 2 was a ton of fun. I loved it. I used the dualies for most of the time I was playing. The dualies are awesome. The, yeah, the dualies are amazing. That's one of my new favorite things about this game is you can roll around as you're playing with them. It has a jet pack, and uh, it takes a little bit of a learning curve to kind of get a handle, a uh, feel for the handles of the um, uh, dualies and rolling around. And like the jet pack, I thought it would kind of lob the shots, but it shoots like a straight shot. At yeah, people. no, I was, I was doing the same thing. I kept shooting. I'm like, I'm overshooting everyone. What's happening? And then yeah. I realized it's kind of like shoots it straight. Around yeah, and so like the jet pack is awesome because you jump straight up into the air and it shoots ink down below you and you can shoot and... Uh, but then when you're done, it actually pops you back to the spot where you originally started using it, um, which is which is a pretty neat feature. But even the roller felt a little different with being able to flick it when you're jumping and then having the new uh, super move where you can just slam straight down anyone around you. That super move is awesome. Yeah, like it, it's, a, it's a ton of fun. And um, um, the two new maps, I thought, felt, you know, different and they felt unique, like... I was kind of just messing around in one of the maps. I was looking around, like, in the uh-huh. background, and, like, there's little jellyfish guys who were, like, one of them was, like, trying to climb up the wall, then he, like, fell down. And, like, <laughs> just these funny, like, cute little animations and details in the maps that look great. But um, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, There's a couple of things that worried me a little bit, actually, though. Uh, well, one of my biggest things, I think this might just be because I was what I was playing with, but I was playing with my Joy-Cons and the grip kind of configuration that comes with the Switch, and it, the control, um, you can customize your kind of how sensitive your controls and especially your gyros and stuff are in this game, which is great. I, could, you couldn't do that in the first one, could you? No, there was no sensitivity option. Yeah, so there's a sensitivity option in this one, which is nice. But it mm-hmm. took me a little while to figure out a sensitivity option that kind of worked for me. Like, it felt too slow, and then it felt too fast. 
And also I realized the with how big the Wii U gamepad was, it was really easy to use the motion to kind of feel where you're going yeah. and go back and forth. I felt like with the um, Joy-Cons and the grip, it was a little bit small, and I felt like I kept messing up on the on the gyro aiming and on the motion control of that, which was a little that frustrating. Um, I think definitely the Pro Controller um, will be the way to play this game. I think I'm going to get a Pro Controller just to be able to play this. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, um, that's what I played with. I used the Pro Controller... And I thought it felt really great. Like it was similar to the original Splatoon. You know, you just tilt your wrist to, to fine tune your aiming, and I really enjoyed. Like I thought, it felt great. The camera, you know, it was a little bit, little bit shaky because you know you're using the gyro to kind of move the camera around and um, fine tune your aiming. But overall, I felt like I was able to, you know, compete pretty. Uh, uh, what's the word? I was able to compete, you know, well, and yeah, like I was. It, I definitely job. like. Oh, I noticed over the hour, over the time I played that, I was definitely getting better with it and stuff like that. I yeah. felt like I was doing better. So. Yeah. But I do think playing with just Joy Cons or even Joy Cons on the screen, I think might be a little more difficult because you know if you're tilting the gamepad and you're yeah, trying to look at the screen I didn't at the same play. time, it could I've be heard hard. people who said playing the handheld actually worked pretty well. I didn't try it out, but I I could definitely see that. Yeah. Um, the other kind of negative thing I had was I felt like the stages um, weren't as vertical as they were before. There were a lot of places mm-hmm. where you couldn't you used to be able to just like spray paint on basically anything and climb up the walls. And there was a few places where you couldn't do that, but I felt like there was a lot more of that in at least the test fire where there was these like black tarps on things and stuff like that that you couldn't spray paint on to climb up. It felt a little more restricted. Like it definitely felt like you kind of had to stay in the one center area. Yeah, almost. exactly. Yeah. So, um, which but are I these, uh... didn't like that as much because I felt like the original felt really fresh being able to kind of go wherever you want and use those things as cool ways to sneak up on people and get to new areas and stuff yeah. like that. Are these the final levels, though? Because, I mean, maybe just for the demo, they released... I don't know. I saw an article... Smaller versions of the full... Apparently, the demos that people played, like, at the Nintendo Switch events before the Switch launched, um, it was different. Um, one of the levels, oh, definitely... Really? Um, there was a lot less of that where you couldn't climb up and things. There was a lot more. It was a lot less restricted. And you could go up different places and stuff like okay. that. So, so they definitely have changed the level in the last month or two. Um, so I'm interested okay. to see the final yeah. one. And even with the original Splatoon, they did lots of updates and changed paths and sections of levels yeah, and stuff. Did. So I'm sure that mm-hmm. they're continuing to fine tune it now and will even tweak maps that aren't Once working as they expected sure. after it launched. But um, yeah, and I, I would imagine they probably only have some pretty. They can find it a little bit more just because they're testing a lot of the features and the uh, like public and audience and seeing yeah. how people what they think of it. Yeah, and you know, gameplay wise, I thought it felt great. Like it felt you know similar to the original Splatoon, but I think it was still accessible enough for anyone to play. Like I was playing it with my my nephew who you know, had played the original Splatoon a little bit whenever he like, came and visited me, but he never owned it. He wasn't really a pro, but he felt like he was being pretty successful and you know he was having a lot of fun with it, even though. He was probably playing with Splatoon vets. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my only real concern is, like, has to do with the maps, that there was only two maps to play, which I know it's a test fire, but when Splatoon 2 comes out, are they still going to stick oh, to only having map two maps that you can play on for an entire four-hour play session? Like, it boggles my mind that they would still keep this two-map rotation. That was one of the biggest criticisms for the first one, that I have to play the same two maps over and over you can play the same map four times in a row while you're playing online and you know the match is only three minutes long so you're really playing you know in an hour session you could play the same map seven or eight times like yeah that's totally possible so i'm hoping that they either have a voting system or i don't know some way to make yeah the just map do like the voting system for mario kart 8 or something like that like that works super well yeah um, okay. so hopefully that gets changed but i'm excited to see more and um i know the the story mode I actually really enjoyed in the original, so that's something I'm looking forward to messing around with in the second one and just getting to explore yep. all the new weapons. Like it felt great having like all these new subtype weapons, like the the sliders, the little curling bombs, and then also the jetpack and some of the other. Yeah, all the ones. specials are all Splash down. And then yeah, I, the other thing I wanted to comment on is the game looks really good. Like I don't, I haven't played the original Splatoon in a while, but. Uh, it looked really, really sharp. The colors looked really bright and popped a lot, I thought, mm-hmm. as compared to the original. And everything just looked a lot sharper. So even when you... I know when I was watching kind of the trailer and stuff like that, um, I was like, oh, it looks pretty much exactly the same as the original. But playing through it, um, it definitely looks a lot better. Kind of just the little details make it look a lot nicer. You are playing on a massive, amazing TV as well, though. Yes, that's <laughs> that's true. That might be part of it. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I thought it did look a little better, not not significantly better. The main thing that stuck out was just more the visual style of like having hairstyles and inklings and like different stuff like different customization options. So um, I think you will be able to, you know, it will look different. There'll but... be way more customization in this game, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for more customization, definitely. So um, yeah, it, we enjoyed it. It was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, we, we I think we are both very excited to jump in there and you know hopefully the online system works really well and nintendo's i think planning on launching their full online service with splatoon 2 so um yeah we'll be sure to be talking more about splatoon 2 uh when maybe there's more information or another Seriously, test fire another test awesome fire. too so. yeah yeah all right so our final segment as always we like to leave you guys with what we're playing this week um as and i said we both played splatoon test fire we already talked about that um, hopefully, I'm hoping they do another one because that would be, I would love it. I only got to play I, one of the sessions. I think they probably will, unless the game is. I'm sure they will. Well, the game is slated to come out in summer, probably like yeah, July, August, something like that. Right? Still a couple months away at it. They'll probably have at least one, so maybe I'm sure two. They'll probably do another one. Yeah, if they did another one, they could, you know, test out maybe a new build of the maps. Yeah, maybe we're like going to try some <laughs> new weapons or new, new maps or whatever. Yeah. Um, for me, it was awesome because I actually visited some family in Portland, and so I got. You know, take my switch on its first road full road trip and uh, uh we went down and my cousin actually had just picked up a switch the day before he had a friend who worked at gamestop and oh, so okay. he was able how to, did he get one? Oh, yeah. he was able to set one aside for him so he got kind of lucky um but he was able to pick it up and he was you know just starting zelda and he's one of the biggest zelda fans i know like he's the biggest majora's mask fan in the world which is hilarious besides but, nathan well yeah he's he's just as big as a fan of nathan he's been playing since ocarina of time and you know he's all about Zelda, but um, I, I would say he's more of a cr- critique, Zelda critique, than Nathan is. Like he, he is not. <laughs> probably he did, true. He didn't really like Skyward Sword and some of the other ones that I kind of enjoyed, but nonetheless, he's been blown away by Breath of the Wild, and um, that that was really refreshing to just kind of talk with him. And we stayed up to like you know past midnight, just both of us sitting there on our switches playing Zelda together, and That's just awesome. just hanging out and talking about the different the stuff we loved in the game. So um, that was a cool experience, just getting to play with him and kind of give him some, a little you know, guide him a little bit and give him a couple tips, you know, since I've had 50 more hours of experience. <laughs> um, and I actually played Bomberman R, too, with my, uh, like I said, my my nephew and niece came over, so we played some uh, four- and five-player Bomberman, and it was hilarious because I didn't think my niece would like it because she's kind of too young to kind of understand how Bomberman works, I guess. Like, sure. I'm like, she's mm. going to accidentally blow herself up, like, every round. She's probably going to get mad and, like, not want to play it. But she just would blow herself up on purpose, just so she could be in the little revenge card and chuck bombs at people. <laughs> She's That's like, yeah, I'm blowing myself up. And she'd like have a little like Bomberman dance party. And like, it's a, I found out it's a fun game for all ages. Like me and my uh, brother-in-law were able to play it and have a lot of fun, you know, trying, you know, play more competitively than the two kids were also playing and they were having fun too. So it's really a fun party game that everyone can play. And, you know, Bomberman's always been like that. It's nothing new, I guess, but um, it was cool to kind of, to see that. And we actually had a ton of fun with it. So, um, that was great. And then uh, the only other game I've been playing this week was uh, I downloaded Snake Pass today. I only played for about a half hour, uh, but so far I, I really like it. It uh, launched today. It's $20. Um, I got it on my Switch, and uh, it looks great. The music, you know, is great. It's really cheerful, jungle music, and um, the controls take a little while to get used to, but so far I really like the way the worlds are set up, and it feels really satisfying when you... <laughs> Think like a snake and you slither around. Oh, and gosh. He's <laughs> getting the heebie-jeebies here because he's not a big fan of snakes. But I'm not. Snake Pass looks awesome, though. Yeah, I, so um, I'll I'll be sure to let you know next week what I think, if it's worth the full price and $20 or not. But, cool. Um, so far, it seems like, you know, it's a fun game. So Sweet. But nice. Yeah. Anything besides uh, Mass Effect, Rob? <laughs> nope. I have literally just played Mass Effect Andromeda since last Tuesday. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I didn't start playing till Thursday, so technically there was about two days there where I didn't play any games because I was just so busy. But then from Thursday on, I've just played Mass Effect. I have not played anything else. No regrets. It's okay. That's no like, regrets at all. That's, that's no regrets. Didn't you say you like set down Splatoon 2 <laughs> because you were so addicted to Zelda? You're like, I gotta um, go back to Zelda. Actually, Splatoon 2 is good. Actually, but... so my wife who and this is loved funny. the first Splatoon game like more than me or like like oh, yeah. she was just so addicted to it like she was addicted for like a year yeah too. like she played it for yeah. like a year and loved it so much and so the test fire was this weekend and I'm like oh let's check it out so I played it um 
one of the days off I had off, I played it. She wasn't home. She was at work. And one of the other hours, I was like, oh, Ashley, let's jump into the test fire and play it. And she's like, okay, sure. And so she played, like, two matches or something like that. And she's like, uh, can I go back to Zelda now? And I'm like, <laughs> who are you? Like, are what you? is this? It's crazy. Um, but it's actually really funny because I was looking at our play times yesterday and me and my wife have both put the same amount of time into Zelda. <laughs> which, crazy. like, she likes to play video games kind of casually. Like, she played with her brother growing up and stuff like that. But I've never seen her play a game as much as she's played Zelda. So that's, that kind of speaks to how good the game is. No, it's, it's amazing. There's so many different things that is attractive to other people. Or different people and so some people like exploring some people like you know following mm-hmm. a storyline my sister i introduced it to her um this weekend and she didn't really like it she's like oh it's kind of boring like oh, i've never really gotten into zelda and you know she, she just wasn't really interested and then um she's like wait can you get horses in this game because she loves horses like she rides horses in real life <laughs> so i brought her to the stable checked out a horse and so she spent like an hour and a half just exploring the world and running around with the horse and feeding the horse apples and like <laughs> She's totally wants to play Zelda now just so she can go explore with her horse. That's like, hilarious. So she literally turned Zelda into uh, Barbie's first pony? Yeah, Barbie exactly. Horse Adventure. That's it's... hilarious. <laughs> Except it's probably actually fun to play instead of, you know. No, but, but it's cool. Like, people who aren't typically big Zelda fans are, like, totally getting addicted to this game because yeah, it's there's that lot, good. Yeah, there's so. so many different things to do. So, yeah. As for me, what I've is... pretty much, like I said, just been playing Zelda. played a little bit of Splatoon too, but... Zelda's still really good. I um, Maiden's I, eyes are twinkling right now. Uh, it's just Zelda. so fun to explore. I beat my <laughs> second uh, like dungeon um, part of this game. Nice. Um, actually, yesterday, I uh, had a lot of fun with it. Did it feel good afterward? did feel good. I got stuck on this one part of the dungeon for like a good like good. 20 minutes or something like that. And then when I figured out the solution, I felt like a big Typical idiot. Nathan. <laughs> but it was great, because I was like, I wasn't sure if Zelda still had that, because, you know, but it felt really good, so... Yeah, still playing that. It's a ton of fun still. And then I got a... My PS Plus had run out, and I ordered a new PS Plus card um, that I got on a deal. So that came in, and I haven't entered it yet. But I, I want to enter it and you jump enter back. You got to enter Okay. Tear is worth downloading. Okay, I will do that. I also want to jump back and play Overwatch, because Overwatch has a new character that came out, oh, yeah. I think, last week, and I haven't played it yet. So oh, I want to jump to we that. We promised our listeners we give them our impressions exactly. of the new character. Sorry, I haven't played it yet. So <sighs> well, we'll have to give you our impressions next week. Nathan, we're going to play this weekend. I will tear we'll, away we'll myself away from Zelda. <laughs> yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> I'm getting back into Destiny this weekend, too, because they today they launched an update uh, for all this you know, recycling the old raids and a bunch of new content, and, or I guess oh, yeah. old, new old content, I guess the way of putting it. So I might might go back in and celebrate because I'll be hyped for Destiny 2. But yeah. yeah. Find time for fun. that in Overwatch. Rob, what about you? Anything just other Mass Effect? Did you play any of your new Steam Steam games in your A to Z quest? Nope. Took a week off? No, that's okay. I know you've been hyped for Mass Effect for like years. I know. So I, like, I love... why you wanted a PS4, I remember. <laughs> I... I loved Mass Effect, and the trilogy was incredible. And so I've basically just engrossed myself fully into Mass Effect Andromeda because I know that I can do that. My my wife's out of town for the week, and I'm batching it. So it's like every moment I can, I'm on my PS4 playing Mass Effect Andromeda <laughs> and just that's, that's forgetting awesome. that the world exists. I almost actually, this is kind of funny, I was playing it earlier before the show started, mm-hmm. and I glanced down at my watch and was like, Oh my gosh, it's 6.15. I need to be <laughs> ready for our show here in a few minutes, and I'm still in the middle of a mission. That's funny. <laughs> so I had to I had to back out pretty quickly. I was like, oh no. That's great. No, no worries. So um, I think about wraps up our show um, today. Let us know. Have you been playing Mass Effect? Did you get to jump into Splatoon 2? I know uh, Steven mentioned that he uh, jumped into Splatoon 2 and seemed like he had a good time with it, so... Um, yeah, let us know on Twitter. What do you think of Mass Effect? What do you think of Splatoon 2? And, uh, you know, we'll see you guys next week. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast there. We are going to leave you with Bloody Tears from the Castlevania 2 official soundtrack. Till next time.